Rashid Media Productions is proud to introduce Secrets of Survival podcast with Dr. Susan. As I sit here reflecting on how it all started, I can't help but feel a sense of nostalgia. It seems like only yesterday when I first got into podcasting. It was a time when the world was on the verge of change and nobody knew what to expect. I remember my first podcast like it was yesterday. It was recorded and produced on Sunday, February 23rd, 2020 and subsequently published on Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. The recording took place at my program director, Dr. Diane Rectine's house in Orlando, Florida. It was a crisp Sunday morning and I remember that we started setting up the podcast microphone at her home office. I couldn't help but marvel at Dr. Diane Rectine's maternal grace. Despite being my boss and my program director, she was every bit the loving grandmother when she instructed her rambunctious grandson, Jonathan Burkett, to assist me with setting up the podcast microphone. And Jonathan most certainly did support and help me in this adventure. At that time in my life, I was 34 years old. I had just passed my board certification in family medicine and I had just joined the Correctional Medicine Fellowship Program at Nova Southeastern University. Dr. Diane Rectine had introduced me to the faculty members in Correctional Medicine and one of them was Dr. Johnny Wu. Both Dr. Diane Rectine and Dr. Johnny Wu introduced me to the groundbreaking ideas around medical education podcasting dedicated to the field of correctional medicine and exploring how healthcare services are provided for the incarcerated population. As we discussed various topics in the field of correctional health care, the conversation eventually turned to the novel coronavirus 2019 that had recently emerged from Wuhan, China. None of us knew much about it, but we all agreed that it was something worth exploring. That's when both Dr. Diane Rectine and Dr. Johnny Wu suggested that we talk to a brilliant infectious disease specialist named Dr. Harish Murjani. It was through Dr. Morjani that we gathered further information about the COVID-19 virus and its potential impact on our society. Back then, towards the end of February 2020, the novel coronavirus of 2019 was a distant concern for everyday Americans. No one masked and no one was social distancing. Meanwhile, in the nations of China and Italy, the virus was spreading exponentially. But here in America, life continued as it always had. We were in a way, in a blissful state of being in our normal everyday life. Little did we know that in a matter of a few weeks, our own lives would change significantly. As Dr. Diane Rectine and I sat at her office recording our first episode with Dr. Harish Murjani, I couldn't help but feel excited about what the future held. None of us ever thought that our podcast would become a popular national and international breakthrough hit that became this beacon of hope and information for so many people around the world. To this day, Dr. Johnny Wu, Dr. Harish Morjani, and Dr. Diane Rectine's grandson, Jonathan, are still in awe of the success of this podcast, and we all truly wish that Dr. Diane Rectine was still here with us. Unfortunately, she passed away on August 6th, 
6, 2021. I was one of her last correctional medicine fellows, and though my time with her was short, it changed me forever. Looking back on that first day I started podcasting, I realize now that it was a destined turning point for me. It was the day I discovered my passion for podcasting. It was the day that I realized that we could really bring people together from all over the world, united in their desire for knowledge and understanding. It's been an exciting journey, and who knows what the future holds or where this journey will take us. But one thing is for certain, it all started with that first podcast episode recorded on February 23rd, 2020 at my program director's house. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Welcome to the Secrets of Survival podcast. Today, we are honored to have Dr. Harish Morjani join us. Dr. Morjani is an infectious disease specialist from Westchester County, New York. Today, he will share with us his rich experience in the field of infectious disease. This rich experience includes medically managing the Ebola outbreak, managing HIV, AIDS, hepatitis C, and tuberculosis. His experience also includes delivering infectious infectious disease healthcare services in the hospital and clinical settings, as well as in the jail and prison setting. Dr. Morjani will also speak on the novel coronavirus 2019 outbreak that has occurred in Wuhan, China. So Dr. Morjani, I give the microphone to you. We look forward to hearing your rich experience in the field of infectious disease, as well as your expert knowledge in the novel coronavirus 2019. So infectious disease specialist working at Westchester Medical Center in the Partners Health uh, Infectious Disease Clinic, uh, running that clinic now for six years, rediscovering the care delivery of outpatient infectious disease services to patients in the underserved disenfranchised setting, and then uh, working as a consultant to New York State in infectious disease for the last uh, 26 years, uh, helping to design care delivery for HIV, hepatitis, STIs, and tuberculosis in the prison setting from 1994 onwards. Have helped design all kinds of policies and rollouts of uh, care delivery programs to take care of uh, infectious disease in prison. How many years have you been doing this for? 26 years. 26 years. Okay. So why don't you tell us about your experience with your experience with the Ebola virus when it had its outbreak in 2014? So the Ebola virus outbreak in 2014 was a limited outbreak in the United States. It started in Africa and then a few cases being in a global economy made it down to the U.S. September 16, 2014, President Barack Obama speaks at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia. President Obama delivered a powerful speech regarding the United States' involvement in the fight against the Ebola epidemic in West Africa and the United States' plan to curb the transmission of the Ebola virus. First and foremost, I want the American people to know that our experts here at the CDC and across our government agree that the chances of an Ebola outbreak here in the United States are extremely low. We've been taking the necessary precautions, including working with countries in West Africa to increase screening at airports so that someone with the virus 
doesn't get on a plane for the United States. In the unlikely event that someone with Ebola does reach our shores, we've taken new measures so that we're prepared here at home. We're working to help flight crew identify people who are sick, and more labs across our country now have the capacity to quickly test for the virus. We're working with hospitals uh, to make sure that they are prepared and to ensure that our doctors, our nurses, and our medical staff are trained, are ready, and are able to deal with uh, a possible case safely. Unfortunately, there was no effect on the prisons directly, at least in New York, where but no people who were either suspected or exposed to Ebola were either put in jail or in prison. And that is actually a good thing because people who were screened and from these countries who had potential exposures were put in quarantine and excess care was taken not to put them in closed settings where transmission could occur. Ebola virus in the prisons, even if it did happen, if there was one case or a few cases, it would be easy to control because the transmission is mostly from direct contact with infected blood. And so you could easily isolate that patient, put that patient in a strict isolation room in a healthcare facility, and uh, nobody would get exposed in the prison setting. So that was, you know, we did design uh, policies in New York State prisons with the help of Department of Health that in case there was a patient that presented with Ebola into a jail or a prison setting, what would we do? And, and those policies were pretty straightforward, direct, where we would refer that patient to a tertiary care facility for strict isolation and management. Okay, a tertiary facility. So the Im impact on the prison setting was going to be very minimal, we knew that. So when you created protocols, could you share with us what kind of guidelines you provided the healthcare staff with in, pro in providing the care in regards to Ebola virus for the incarcerated population? So the guidelines for the protocols that were set up in New York State Prison at that time were all taken from CDC. So if you go to the CDC website for Ebola virus and go to healthcare personnel and go to infection control, we just duplicated those completely. And so it had to do with strict isolation with the protective gear, personal protective equipment, the donning and doffing, and the infection control personnel, the nurses were all trained in those procedures. And there was a protocol as to if the patient came in, it would be strict isolation, it would then you know, we would then call the emergency services and have that patient transferred to a tertiary care facility. In, in our case, it was going to be Westchester Medical Center. The southern hub, in the northern hub, it was going to be ECMC. And the, in the upstate hub, it was going to be Albany Medical Center. So we identified those three hospitals as the one that would be receiving a patient if the need arose. But there was nothing specific about those guidelines okay. in the prison setting. Okay. What other experiences have you had with infectious disease and in caring for the incarcerated population? My first biggest challenge was in 1996 when there was a huge outbreak of tuberculosis in the HIV patients which then spread to the non-HIV patients in the prison setting. And that was all published in the MMWR and how we got that under control over the next year and two was a very big challenge. But that is what has actually prepared us to do deal with the outbreak of any infectious disease that would happen in the future in the present setting, at least in New York. And so that has provided a lot of guidelines for a lot of clinicians that work in the incarcerated setting. So we... For tuberculosis, yes. And then, you know, based on that process, 
we then developed guidelines for HIV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, for STIs, and you know, some disease-specific guidelines have now been created for all those infectious diseases and potentially for measles in New York. Fortunately, nothing happened. For disasters, for infectious disease that may happen, we do take the CDC guidelines and then we modify them to our setting in New York State Prison and put in measures to to make sure that the patients are uh, properly isolated and taken care of if they present in the prison cell. And that's what we are going to do, for example, with any emerging disease such as the new coronavirus. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern over the global outbreak of novel coronavirus. January 30, 2020. World Health Organization Director Dr. Tedros declares the novel coronavirus a global health emergency. Speaking of the coronavirus, would you share with us your impression on the coronavirus? Why don't we start with the signs and symptoms, the clinical presentation. It's good to hear from an expert in infectious disease such as yourself, what your clinical, to share with us the clinical presentation of coronavirus. What is it that we have to look out for as clinicians? So the guidelines and the uh, and the uh, guidance from the CDC is actually pretty comprehensive. So this is a new coronavirus and it's called the 2019 NCOV new coronavirus and they're now calling it the SARS coronavirus 2. Oh. Uh, which is, you know, so it's a, coronaviruses are viruses with spikes on their surface so that's why they called the crown, the coronavirus, and they have the ability to, to go be transmitted from person to person via droplets. Okay. The only difference between lots of these coronaviruses is the infectivity and the ability to then create disease by way of its interaction with the human body and the immune system. So different coronaviruses have different present, different severity of presentation. The presentation is the same, it's a flu-like illness, mm -hmm. uh, except that in the flu, a lot more people get fever. However, with coronaviruses, in several cases, there's been no fever. But some of the common symptoms include fever, cough, sputum, headache, diarrhea, GI symptoms, nausea. And then, of course, when it gets into the lower respiratory tract, you start to get shortness of breath and chest pain and hypoxemia. So it's a typical flu-like illness, except this is a lot more severe and it has a much higher mortality than the flu, especially in the elderly, especially in people with underlying diseases of the lung and heart. So they have they have a more vulnerable uh, picture because of their underlying disease process to really get, to really have a higher mortality with the novel coronavirus. That's correct. So novel or new coronavirus, whichever way. Yes. Still, of course, <laughs> definition is novel. I, I just say new coronavirus. Uh, but. You know, COVID-19 is the disease that's, that's been called now, caused by this NCOV 2019. So in patients with other medical conditions, diabetes, immunosuppression, this virus can really cause a lot of damage in the body and then lead to pneumonia and lead to lung sort of lung function collapse and that leads to a much higher mortality rate of what we are looking at is two to three percent in the various patients that have been reported. But also remember, this is relatively new. It right. is still evolving. We don't really know how many total cases have, have are there. What we are being told by the WHO interim guidance on a daily basis is that there are 77,000 plus confirmed cases right now, of which 76,000 plus are in China, and there's about 1,400 
in uh, outside of China in 28 countries with a mortality rate of approximately 2%. But uh, remember, this does not include patients who may be asymptomatic. So the right. spectrum of disease may be, you know, minor illness that never goes diagnosed, never is diagnosed because patients don't present to the healthcare system. It's a minor illness that just goes away to a very severe illness that results in death. So that spectrum of disease uh, is still being confirmed. We have no epidemiological, serological surveys right. to see how many people were infected and what the actual death rate is. When we recorded this podcast episode, the world we knew at that time was not the world that it was going to turn into in just a matter of a few weeks. The COVID-19 pandemic swept across the globe with a ferocity that few could have predicted. It began as a mysterious and deadly outbreak in the Wuhan province of China, but soon it had began to spread to every corner of the planet. The death toll rose steadily with each passing day, bringing news of more and more casualties. As the world continues to grapple with COVID-19, one thing remains clear. This pandemic will be remembered for generations to come as one of the most significant events in modern history. Thank you for listening in on Secrets of Survival SOS podcast. Join us next week for part two of this podcast episode where it all began with Dr. Morjani, where he discusses further about the novel coronavirus 2019 pandemic. Secrets of Survival podcast with Dr. Susan is a healthcare podcast series that is both captivating and informative. This podcast explores the most compelling medical issues impacting our healthcare system today. Created and produced by Rashid Media Productions. Written by Dr. Susan Rashid. Special thanks to the Harvard Medical School's training to teach in medicine faculty and the Harvard Medical School's media and medicine faculty. We are deeply humbled by our international fan base that spans over 61 countries. To our loyal listeners in Algeria, Argentina, Australia, Bangladesh, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Chile, China, Colombia, Cuba, Denmark, Dominican Republic, Egypt, France, Ghana, Germany, Greece, Guatemala, Honduras, India, Iran, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Jamaica, Japan, Lebanon, Malaysia, Mexico, Morocco, Mongolia, Nepal, Kingdom of the Netherlands, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Norway, Pakistan, Peru, Poland, Portugal, Qatar, Romania, Russia, Rwanda, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Singapore, Somalia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Syria, Thailand, Trinidad and Tobago, Turkey, Ukraine, United Arab Emirates, United Kingdom, United States of America, Venezuela, and Vietnam. An emotional and heartfelt thank you from us to you. Listen to Secrets of Survival podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Simplecast Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 